Okay. And we're live. Hey, okay. Episode one. Raw dog in it. Okay, so if it's if it's a little messy, we're really sorry. But it's our first take. It's a really cool fucking case. It's still going on. So. Maybe we should introduce ourselves. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. We do sound a lot alike from what I've been told. So. This could be confusing. I'm so sorry. Just ahead of uh, ahead of time. Um, yeah. You go first. Well, I'm Jean. Um, I go by Jean. My name is Jeanette. Um, been best friends with Annabelle since we were like itty bitty. What, 10, 11 years old? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, well... You gotta say, um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a while. It's been many years. So I'm not gonna age myself now. But um, currently, I'm living in San Antonio, um, trying to finish off a, my master's degree. So um, out here, which is about two and a half hours away from Laredo, where Belle's at. Um, but we decided that this is something that we really, really wanted to do. And uh, we figured a way to do it. So thank you guys for joining in. And that's a little bit about me. Uh, Bell. Yeah, so uh, I'm Bell. Annabelle, all of you know me. I'm the one that posted the trailer. Finally have Jeannie recording with me because she's busy in law school. Um, yeah, you all don't, you don't need to know anything about me that you don't already know. So we sound a lot You'll alike. Um, Over time, through these episodes. She's yeah, great. You'll love her. Yeah. I do want to mention I have a shit ton of pets. So if you're any barking or cats meowing i apologize also whatever just deal with it um okay so that's it oh yeah we do sound alike so if if it's if you get confused let us know and we'll try to address it next episode i don't think we sound too bad alike where people will confuse it then again i don't know people people can never tell with us i, I think we'll find out when once you're editing and then you're gonna be like oh Oh, this is a thing. Well, like, like, I can tell because I've known you like the entirety of my life, basically. But then people really close to us, like your dad. Remember I would answer the phone? Your dad would be like... <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll yeah, see. Uh, let's, just, let's get into it. So we're going to be covering the case of the Border Patrol agent that killed four sex workers. And I do want to mention, I don't know what source it was. But one of the first articles they put out in this case, they called these women prostitutes. And I feel like that's horrible in this day and age. It should not be done anymore. It's a horrible stigma attached to that line of work. Which I, I have to agree. It's uh, the oldest profession out there. And um, I feel like there needs to be a lot more done to help to protect, the, to help protect these men and women. Um, it's not going to go anywhere. And I think, me personally, that there should be a way to make it safer for them Ed, but that's i guess a conversation for a different day but they they are owed respect in yeah, my absolutely. because if, if the people that are are buying these services are not treated just as unfairly as the people providing these services what the fuck <laughs> i don't understand it but you know society can be stupid sometimes so let's get into it um his name is juan david ortiz right we're going to set this up. It's, this happened back in 2018, which feels like a lifetime ago because of the pandemic. I feel like the pandemic could just fucking throw me into the fucking twilight zone. I don't know what the fucking year it is. COVID has aged us all by like five years. Oh, God. Yes. Five years and like fucking 100 pounds. Christ. 
it's all good. I'm sitting here like in, in my awesome bathrobe that I've had for like 10 years and uh, I'm enjoying it. That's not the leopard print one. I feel cheated, but leopard print one. Uh, okay. Um, so let's set the, before we get into the atrocities of what this man did, um, this is what happened. This is how he got found out. A woman, her name is Erica Benya. And at the time, she's 26. She runs into a, uh, like a gas station, I think it was. Maybe it was a Valero, like a convenience store. And I want to say in one of the articles I read, she was like in a bra. Like she like her shirt wasn't even on. And I don't know if it was because there was a struggle going on or because... I, I had uh, seen in the news that there was like a struggle. Um, that he began to... Uh, he like started to scare her as, as he was driving. He wouldn't stop and she freaked out and... Uh, there was a struggle that that did ensue. Uh, she was able to get out of the car and she like bolted it to this Valero. Dude, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? So she runs into this convenience store into the arms of like a Texas trooper. Thank God for them. And yeah. she was saying she was attacked. But here's the kicker. She knew where her attacker lived because he was so familiar with these sex workers. So that off the bat tells you this dude has a history. This, this bitch knew, when I say bitch, I don't mean, I'm not being degrading, by the way. It's, that's my, that's how I talk, so I'm very sorry. But she knew where he lived, and she told him exactly where to find him. And a little background information. This man was married and had three children, right? Um, so he had three kids, and he had enough time to, like, be a Border Patrol agent. And that shift work for agents are crazy, especially on the border in Laredo. Just just to give you all an idea, we're on the river and there is a lot going down between like drug trafficking, human trafficking. And so it, it blows my mind how this man had time to have a large family because that's a large family. I've got one kid and it's a lot. But well, then again, his job also grants him the, the capacity to lie to his family and be like, hey, I'm going to pick up some overtime. I work tonight. See but I, I'm thinking about the mental exhaustion. Like, how does a person have that? Wow. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, for sure. Like, and, and to develop the a is that he was, yeah, dude. Like, so this guy was really fucking smart. And I guess he, typically serial killers are, right? History would prove it. But it says, so a bunch of stuff we found, it says um, he was with the, United States Border Patrol, Laredo sector for 10 years. He was also a Navy veteran. Um, he had a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, right? And not just anyone can accomplish these things. So he was definitely working with a full deck. People like to hide behind this whole like, oh, I'm crazy. You can't, you can't put me in jail. You weren't crazy. You were not crazy. I'm sorry. You just had a lot of hatred. In your yeah. heart, man. Which it does crazy say. People crazy. crazy people do not know they're crazy. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. But yeah, so 10-year veteran with the uh, U.S. Border Patrol, Laredo Sector, um, married, three kids, like high-functioning member of society, right? You would think. He was um, a, you know, the the greatest example of what a person should be in society. He was up and up. No one would suspect him. Never. What was that quote you read from one of the articles? <laughs> let me, let me pull that up for you really quick. Cause that made me cringe. Ugh. 
I was literally, I read this, I found an article and I was telling Belle about it and I was literally gagging over <laughs> how they uh, depicted this man. I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? Did they really just say that? <laughs> Hold Let's on, let me give me a second while I find it. Do, 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 do. Ah, here it is. Here go, 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 go. So this is from a Texas Monthly article. By by the way, if you guys are interested, this one is really in depth. Uh, there are a couple things that are kind of cringeworthy. This being one of the one of the things. Um, so let's just dive into this quote really quick. <clears throat> he was born in Brownsville, uh, which is in the Valley in Texas. For for all those, it's a little further south. Um, mm -hmm. On a, in Texas than Laredo. Uh, the oldest of four children raised by a single mother, he attended Gladys Porter Early College High School. According to one of his attorneys, he competed on the swim team, ran cross country, was a member of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and was active in a youth group at an Assembly of God church. This is the quote, <clears throat> quote unquote. He had all the makings of the all-American boy, the attorney said. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> Could that be any more wrong? First of all, why would you even want to say that about your, like, oh, like, I know he murdered these victims in, like, a horrible fashion, but he had the makings of an all-American boy. Like, what? Like, no. Obviously, he did not. <laughs> and this, and this, I'll, I'll give you this much. Um, when studying law, you, you need to, it's, it's crazy. Like, the way the courtroom works, and especially in regards to a defense attorney, you're acting. A lot of it is acting and a lot of it has to, you need to be able to say, hey, uh, you know, my client, they're innocent. They were, or they are the, the spitting image of the all-American boy. They had a wonderful background. And we'll dive deeper into why they really like pushed this agenda uh, through the defense um, a little further into our story, you'll see. But that, I, I read that and I was just like, this is disgusting. But um, if we look at most other serial killers, out there. I say most because some just straight out of the bat were just pure scum evil. Not I'm saying that not all are scum, but evil, pure evil. Just mm -hmm. they didn't even try to hide it. Sure. But the majority of them try to come off as like the golden boy. Uh, the one who wouldn't hurt a fly. Oh no, he's always helped with the community. Like, whoa. <laughs> it's always those, the quiet ones. Yeah, it's, it's weird, right? How people always say that. They're like, oh, you would never think. Like, well, obviously something had to make you think because what the fuck? People don't just do this, right? Like, sorry, no. So, yeah, he... Uh, definitely not the all-American boy, right? As we come to find out. Ruined his family through all of this. Uh, woman divorced him. Don't want to get into any information on her because she doesn't deserve that. Neither do the kids. But yeah, so um, he was six foot and 230 pounds. And one of the articles called him strapping. And I feel like that was just completely wrong. Like, Steve is disgusting. If you look at his picture, this Texas Monthly article has a picture of him. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, no. He's not like, like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> He was familiar mm -hmm. with sex workers for a reason. Homeboy had to pay for what he wanted. You know what I mean? Homeboy was not strapping. He was disgusting all around. Um, so let's get into it. So we started with Erica Benya and we started with the, the Tarantino, right? Like bursts into this convenience store, basically screaming, pleading for her life into the arms of a Texas trooper saying she was attacked, whatever, she knew where she lived. So now we're going to kind of backtrack, Phew, go back to where it all started. 
This all happened September 2018. It happened between like, it happened really quickly, at least these victims, uh, between September 3rd and September 15th are the dates on these victims, which is really sad because this guy was just on a roll, like a rampage. Um, so the first victim, name was Melissa, she was 29, which really, that's how old I am. That's how old Jingy and I are, right? We're, we're in our end of our 20s, early 30s. And it's really heartbreaking because she was found September 3rd, 2018. And a rancher found her off the side of the highway, Highway 255. She was shot in the head multiple times and just kind of... What's really notable about these cases is that he didn't really bother to hide them. Um, another one of the victims, um, her family was really vocal in a lot of the interviews. And they mentioned... Um, it felt like they were treated like trash because that's what yeah. you do. You put trash on the, you know, the side of the road to be picked up. And this is how these victims were treated. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. It's really telling. It is really telling about how he disposed of the bodies and the way that he, you know, treated the victims. Yeah. Um, and for, for those to kind of get an idea, uh, grasp, what we're talking about being thrown on the side of a highway. We're not talking about like these huge metropolitan areas. We're, we're coming from a small city and the highways that branch out. This is why a rancher had found this girl. Um, all the highways, the, the area surrounding, it's nothing but brush and uh, just wildlife, trees, ranches, cattle, horses. A lot of the areas are used for hunting down here. Um, so these highways, it's just long stretches of brush, just long stretches of brush. Um, so it's just to kind of get an idea as to why it might've taken a little bit longer to, to find her or why it didn't, I guess, just to get, just to give you guys a picture of the area. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Cause I feel like in, in other, like, um, I listen to a lot of crime podcasts also, you know, I know you do too. Um, a lot of other cases it, it takes a while for them to be found or they have to have like search parties or like dogs um and this is a lot of nothing in laredo this it's dry there's no big trees so it's really hard to just dump something especially a fucking body and it not be noticed you know what i mean so that was that was victim number one um we get to victim number two this is all before the woman that was found or ran into a convenience store, right? So victim number two, she was 42 years old. Her name was Claudine. Now this is this is the woman whose family was really vocal in the media. So if you um, look up this case, you'll find a lot of um, information regarding her case because the family was really willing to be open about it. Um, came from a very loving family. Um, had some demons she was fighting as far as like drug use goes, whatever, but she was a mom. And that's what breaks my heart the most. Like she was a mom that was struggling, whatever, but got caught up in the wrong life. And this, this guy, I don't know, it's just the end of her, which really, really fucking obviously really sucks. But, uh, she was all, they were, all these victims were shot in the head. Um, which just kind of was really, really telling of how heartless he was and how, also, how kind of eager he was to just get it over with. Yeah. And it's it's crazy, but again, we, we come from a, a smaller city, and um, I knew, or in my, my family's business, uh, we're actually familiar with the sister that 
ended up with the kids. So hearing about the trauma that they were going through and everything that was happening and the, and the process of them understanding that their mom's not going to come home. Uh, I actually got to hear secondhand from my family about how she really, really struggled with that, about how, you know, her sister and they tried for so many years to, to help her. Mm-hmm. And I've always said that addiction is a disease um, through and through. And she really did struggle with it. Absolutely. But the kids are are doing well now, thankfully. Uh, The family really did come together and it was nice to see how they they helped to provide these kids with uh, a life and to try and help them through this process because no one... It's it's going to be horrible. At growing up, they'll be able to see these articles. They'll they'll know and they'll always understand what happened to the mother as they get older. And it's unfair to have her life snatched away before she even had the opportunity to probably try to be better for them. She was yeah. never given that chance. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, my computer's super loud. Um, it's also really important to note that all these people had families that loved and cared about them and or families and friends, let's say, because so often sex workers are referred to as prostitutes and they're kind of looked at as subhuman, right? Less than, oh, they're disgusting. Oh, like they got themselves into that situation. That's not necessarily true, you know? So I, I really feel like that needs to be uh, highlighted in this episode because people... Everyone has demons, right? Yeah, everyone has different ways of dealing with it. But these people didn't just wake up one day and decide to go into a really dangerous line of work. You know? Yeah. So. And and sex work has its hands in many forms. Um, between, you know, this line that they were involved in. And, I mean, we've got cam models. We've got strippers. We've got, yeah. we've got a whole slew of them. We've got... Uh, Only things. <laughs> Those old school like numbers they used to call and they <laughs> those phone oh, sex hotlines. Yeah, oh, it's really telling of our fucking age. But yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, oh, yeah, for a good and time for only like ten dollars a minute. Like, what? I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. the point is, like, this gives men and women an opportunity to, to gain control of their body. And usually, there is this stigma that they're doing it because they have prior experienced trauma, so they want to have control versus mm-hmm. somebody taking control of them um and some others also they might be doing it because hey you know what i feel it i feel good um i could take advantage of the industry and i can work it and more kudos to you it's but they're they know that they're getting involved in a very dangerous dangerous industry Uh, whether they like to admit it or not they they all go to bed understanding that this could get them in a lot of trouble at some point because of crazy people like Ortiz. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's horrible. It is so heartbreaking all around. But yeah, it's, it's, I'm really glad you brought up that point where it's sex work is an umbrella term. It's not just standing on San Bernardo. Note, San Bernardo is a really famous street where we, where we're from, where sex workers do go and, they know everyone knows exactly why they're there right so it's really important to keep that in your mind that sex work um are those cam models that you all tune into religiously you know um the only fans pages yeah the only fans pages with these little anime girls where they make you know truckloads of money 
Like yeah. they're different than these people. They're really not. They're just, they're more tech savvy and maybe a little better off financially. Um, so they're no different. Keep that in mind. The closest thing I'd get to an OnlyFans is that I was, I was joking with like a few of my friends about this. I'm like the closest thing to an OnlyFans that you'd see me is probably like me reading a book disheveled in a robe uh, and y'all get to enjoy that. That's the, the I mean, that's the sexiest okay. it's getting. <laughs> people would pay for that. People, remember, people, people were paying for that chick's bathwater. Um, oh, she was, also, she was on Twitch. Oh, I forget her name. Yes. Any fans are out there who can like just yeah? What was her name? Somebody tell me because this girl's killing it. <laughs> I know. I get, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a social media for this podcast and an email so y'all can write in. Um, because yeah, it's gonna be fun, interactive. But yeah, on that note, yeah, they're just making a shit ton of money. Yeah, they're no different than these people. They're really not. So we're two victims in, right? One's 29, one's 42. All of them have friends and family that love them. And that's really important to keep in mind because to think like, oh, well that sucks, but it'll never happen to me. You don't know that. You don't fucking know that. I'm sorry. Um, so these and two- have clarifying, uh yeah. Claudine, uh, she was also found the same manner that the first victim was found, Melissa, correct? Yes. Uh, on the highway side of the road. Yes. Did she also have the, the gunshot wounds to the head? Or was, yep. was it the same? Okay. No, yeah. Um, all the victims had gunshot wounds. I want to say to the head. I couldn't really find a lot on the um, last two victims. But all of them had gun gunshot wounds. And the first two definitely were to the head. Um, like they just... I don't know. There was some sort of urgency. I feel like when when there's gunshot wounds to the head immediately, it's like you just want to get it over with. Like, boom. And it probably did. They probably tried to fight back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, this is when Erica Pena, the 26-year-old, this is when she comes in. The, we, we mentioned her in the beginning of all this. She's the one that ran into the convenience store, you know, topless, begging for help. Um, so, she knew Juan David Ortiz, right? The Border Patrol. Um, she was so familiar with him. She knew where he lived. And um, she literally directed uh, police to his house. And to be that comfortable, okay, let's, let's, let's just revisit that. He's married with children. And yeah. these, this woman knew where he lived. Like that means she had been to his house more mm -hmm. than once, right? Yes. So yep. um, this all happened because he picked her up um, and she was actually asking about, oh, she was asking about victim number one, Melissa, the 29-year-old. They were friends. And when she asked him, he didn't answer, he, like his answer didn't really sit right with her. Um, I don't know if he was just tight-lipped or like got annoyed. They, there were certain things that people do when they're guilty um, you don't have to be a psych major to know that. Like people just get frustrated or they just shut you up, whatever. So it was when um, he snapped at her. So she he asked him, sorry. She asked him the first time. She, the answer was kind of weird. Didn't sit right with her. She asked him again, I guess, to like clarify. Um, he snapped at her. And I guess that's when like this scuffle ensued and she bolted out of his truck into the gas station. Um, which is really fucking scary because like she's friends, she was friends with Melissa, right? The first victim. And to like be asking like, Hey, I haven't heard about her. Like I haven't heard from her rather in a while. Like, 
and she knows you're familiar with her as well. And you, your answer is super shady to the point where she feels uncomfortable. Like, oh, that had to have been terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's- at this point, police are looking for him. And he's found at a gas station. And this motherfucker runs. He bolts. And he hides in a parking garage. But before cops get to him, right, he kills again before being caught. This is what blows my mind, and I can't really piece together um, in the articles. So at some point between her um, running to the cops and him having basically being looked for, um, he's able to kill these next three victims, I mean, these next two victims, and it's insane. That so is crazy. Number, yeah. Uh, so victim number three, her name is Giselda. Um... I couldn't really find too much on her, um, how she was killed, or, but they found, well, she was killed September 15th, and that's just crazy, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna revisit the dates again, so the first victim was killed September 3rd, second killed September 13th, third killed on the 15th, which is weird, it's weird that he was able to, to, kill again after after being you know caught it was just it's weird it was like almost like a manic attempt to try and just finish off whatever he had in mind um oh by the way this is all allegedly because this is still an ongoing case this is it's actually still in court right now so yes it's all it's all yeah all alleged because he's sitting on a $2.5 $2.5 million bond. Um, he hasn't seen, he hasn't had his court date. I think COVID played a big role in that. And they yeah. keep trying to find like desperate attempts to like have it dismissed or have it lowered. But like, no, this, this needs scum of the earth. You know what I mean? It's, it's, so, it's been crazy right now with everything with going on in the, the court systems uh, with COVID. All of it had to switch to online. A lot of stuff gets, you know, confused and, this is probably something that we're not going to see again in court until things really get cleared up. But hopefully as things unfurl, uh, we'll be able to give you all more details, um, especially once this is uh, done. Uh, we'll revisit this case. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to either way. Cause there's so much like there's a big part missing and we'll get into it in a minute, but so victim number three and number four were actually killed on the same day. They were killed. They were both killed on September uh, 15th. Um, so the first victim number three, Griselda, and she was 35, and then uh, Janelle, who was 28, um, both killed on the same fucking day. That, that to have already killed two people, and then to have that has to be that's take some toll on you. I'm talking, I'm talking about the person mm-hmm. doing the killing, right? Some sort of toll on you, and then you're you have this adrenaline rush, I'm sure, because one of your victims got away from you that's how are you not scared shitless now you're just like it almost seems like a desperate attempt to kill as many as you can and it does say in one of the interviews that um he was quoted as having a hatred for prostitutes i I had heard that also that this was his attempt to purge the world of sex workers it's like what (laughs) yeah yeah and it it's weird because there were some like uh, local 
media outlets that were have they had like a bunch of you know rumors going around that he hated ended up hating them or having this huge thing against them because he caught an STD from one of them or something and it's like bro you're you're 35 years old and you don't know how to not catch an STD like yeah. okay how how are you I don't know and everyone safe sex wrap it up guys ladies always you know just have some extra protection with you take care of yourselves out there Uh, don't let that be the reason or a alleged reason why you go on some crazy rampage yeah Mm. Yeah. If, if you're mad at the world because you didn't do enough to protect yourself come on like that's on you yeah whether you're in sex work or not like you should be on top of your your sexual health and make sure you're healthy you know what i mean yeah so we're adults crazy. This yeah but to, i mean how many be- stds stis are a very common thing right according mm-hmm. to a, multiple studies so to be angry to the point where you want to kill someone now i'm wondering if there's truth to these uh rumors maybe he infected his wife and maybe she was leaving him and maybe that's why she was gone so often and that's why he could have these women over to his house i don't want to give any fuel to that those rumors either like this this poor woman Ugh. that's true that's, that's true yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to um you know speak negatively on her but this is something that has been said in the media and this is something that has been said amongst uh people within our community too yeah uh, again we we come from a very small city and it's weird because we do have a pretty large population, but we all know each other. Oh, yeah. We all know each other. Like, it's insane. You can't go somewhere without running into somebody you know. It's horrible. That one degree rule, how does it go? Like, we all know each other. Oh, through the, of Kevin Bacon or something? Yes. Like, everyone knows Kevin Bacon through one person, right? Which, right. So in this case, I'm right. Yeah, I know that person through my cousin or through my best friend's sister's nephew, whatever. Twice yeah. removed. Yeah, and just like culturally, like, yeah, people, people are really chismosos, chismosas, which is the hey. the good. Yeah. Mm. So, so yeah. At this point, we have four victims, right? And. What the fuck? Four victims, one that got away. So really, like, it was five. It was five. I would yeah. say it was five. Yeah. Uh, we, we have four, unfo- unfortunately, who had lost their lives and one who will have to live with that trauma for the rest of her life. Yeah. So there are also um, articles that say he was stockpiling weapons in his house because he was expecting this to happen. I guess he was expecting to be found out and have like a old-fashioned like cowboy movie shootout with police and um there's even a statement somewhere in these articles that say a a cop said he tried to like commit like suicide by like cop he tried to like pretend his cell phone was a gun but the cop was like no i totally see that like i'm not i'm not going down for you thanks no thanks um so that didn't work out but uh, at some point, they did end up back at his house. And he was, like, chilling out at his house. How- cops were surrounded around his house. And he was pointing a gun at them. I don't know what happened. He did not die. They did not shoot him. 
um, he was arrested. Um, which, honestly, thank God, because as they're interviewing him, um, I don't know how the time span between this interview and when, when he was arrested, um, they're starting to pick up on things that make him they, they make that make him but they make them believe sorry god i can't speak today that he may have more victims right mm -hmm. and this is what we were mentioning this earlier this is really interesting so his job as a border patrol agent puts him in a in a position to where he has access to so many immigrant women that have no one to claim them right yeah so and it's, he could just be in his unit just driving along a path off the beaten road find somebody and hurt them. Um, it, it doesn't really go with his MO as far as who knows. I, I really sincerely hope that this is just where it ended and it wasn't anything more, but there are a lot of insinuations that there could have been more. Um, it's very strange to see how he went from one then to four so quickly after that. Like what, what happened between that point to make him snap? Yeah, I don't know. It's man. And usually with serial killers, there is this this buildup to the fantasy where they, you know, start to, you know, they'll slowly start either stalking their prey and then they'll start to envision themselves doing these things with them. Um, may some may even attempt a, a smaller form of the crime. And then if that's not enough to fulfill that fantasy, they'll start, you know, becoming more and more dangerous. Um, this is why you see in most prolific serial killer killers uh, with their history, there's one, there's two, and all of a sudden there's like five or six because that fantasy never was enough for them. Mm -hmm. But to see it happen within the month is very interesting to see how that developed. Um, it makes you wonder, and it makes a lot of other people wonder, were there more? The yeah. position I have um, in Laredo, I work down in Laredo, I work here in San Antonio. Um, my job allows for me to actually speak with a lot of these law enforcement agents. And I got to meet a couple people who were part of the investigation uh, for this case. And obviously they, they didn't speak other than what they've experienced in the process of arresting the person, uh, they didn't talk about details for the investigation, but what they let me understand was that the details were very moving for them. It was very, um, even for them, it was a lot. It was hearing, I guess, seeing it, hearing it, experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Even for them, it was very shocking to, to know what this guy did and what, to what level he went to to accomplish this crime allegedly, um, but again, they weren't able to to say a lot about the investigation at all. It was very minimal. It was very touched the surface, but you could see it in their expression that they were like, "Wow!" It they were even stunned by it, and to see it happen like this, they were stunned by it. It's a horrible. It's got to be a horrible feeling, man, because. Border Patrol has such a huge sector here in Laredo. Um, there are people from all over the nation, right? Yeah. That end up in Laredo, but a lot of us have family members that work in this sector. They're from here, but they work in the sector because it's so large. And to think that the person you, you know, 
have lunch with or coffee with or you see every day you ask about their their family like this motherfucker killed ten, like you know, five people that we know about what what it's yeah. it's, it's got to be horrible um yeah i mean it's it's crazy to know that this person could have been sitting down having coffee next to you at one point or you know enjoying a, a plate of there there was another quote in the texas monthly article that he loved chilaquiles or something like that and i was like why do i need to know no, this? you will not stain my favorite food no no i'm so sorry girl so chilaquiles sorry. go hard but i mean whatever like it, it's it is it's got to be a really shitty feeling right to be like oh shit like i knew that dude i would have never thought it's it's that uh deceptive like I thought he was a good person feeling and you know it turns out you know nothing about them and there's this monster of a person his own family didn't know that about him and that's that's, that's exactly, the yeah. part his own family didn't know this dark secret um which actually the Texas Monthly article dives deeper into and they start to the defense actually starts to portray him as a, a as suffering from severe PTSD um and he even begins to blame the VA for not addressing his issues. I'm not saying the VA is perfect by any means. I'm not saying that uh, mm. our current uh, solution towards providing some sort of aid to those who suffer from PTSD is great, but it's just- It takes a certain to act on that. Yeah, I just, I, for me, again, I'm not here, I'm not by any means a psychiatrist or psychologist, um, but it just doesn't make sense to, to, I just, I don't, I can't piece it together. Again, there's a lot missing from this case and hopefully we'll see a lot more once it's it's closed um, and yeah. those files have been provided and to the public so we can look into it and read more into it because there's probably a lot that hasn't been exposed because it's still an evidence and it's still something that they might use in court. So this is why we don't have a lot of information on this third and fourth victim, um, possibly because of it being used in court right now as evidence. So Right. Yeah. And I want to, I want to mention the third and fourth victim, they were not found like the first two. So the first two were found um, victim number three and four, Giselda and Janelle, he actually told investigators um, where they were after he had been caught and led them to their bodies. Like, <sighs> which, you know, it's, I'm glad he at least did that. Like, I'm not patting him on the back, but at least they weren't found like, you know, roadkill. Like, I, I hate I hate to sound callous. That's, that's not at all my intention. My heart is with these families and friends of these victims, but I'd be, I'd be really, I would, I really want to know his history, right, in his childhood, because I feel like people that have, everyone has PTSD to some extent. I feel like, you know, mm -hmm. um, oh, sorry, that was my cat. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it, like I said earlier, it does take a certain caliber of person to act on feelings of rage, because everyone feels rage, right? Uh, yeah. resentment, rage, anger, whatever, frustration, but oh man, to actually act on it, ew, that, that's something yeah. else. I, I want to know more about this guy's history. Like, mm -hmm. they're very, again, they paint this picture of this guy lived the, like, the epitome of the American dream. He was the all-American boy, quote-unquote. Mm. And then he went, he enlisted, and then... 
He became a Border Patrol agent afterwards. He received his bachelor's, his master's. He was high functioning. I, I don't disagree that he suffers from PTSD, but I don't, I don't know. It's just, I feel like there's something missing there that may have triggered him. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like there's something more that could explain his willingness to act on that because, you know, there are... He groomed these victims. He did. He, mm -hmm. he gained their trust. He got to know them really well. And they, so much so that they became comfortable with him. Right. They knew him by name. They like this, he didn't provide like, oh, I'm John Smith. No, he. They knew his name. They yeah, knew where he, he lived. Exactly. Yeah. To to the point where you know, uh, the victim that got away was asking about victim number one. Like they know they're friends with each other, and they know they're they all frequent this one customer. Mm -hmm. You know. But yeah. There's there's definitely a huge level of comfort there, and familiarity. You know, and that goes a long way. So psychologically, like when you analyze it, like yeah, there's definitely something not adding up. This dude did not just snap because he caught right. an STD. You know what I mean? Like or STI, whatever, whatever the rumor was. I'm not saying that's what happened. That was a rumor again. Um, but people don't just snap like that. There has to be some underlying issue. Something that happened in his childhood. Something that happened. That's that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking. Again, I'm not by any means a psychiatrist or psychologist, but I feel like especially to act on sex workers. Mm -hmm. Something had to have happened in his childhood uh, for this to, to become this horrific. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, I remember when this came out um, online, there were so many, a lot of people felt really bad, right? There was, it was outrage. It was sadness, whatever, but there were so many people mocking these victims like, Oh, well they had it coming. And I hate that that stigma attached to that line of work. Like, why? Yeah. Why would they have had yeah. it coming? That's that's ridiculous. That's outdated. That's uh, uh -uh. disgusting all around to think that. And if you think that and you're listening to this podcast, I suggest you don't listen do anymore. Yeah. yeah, don't listen and do better. Be a better person. Don't. Exactly. No. Yes. It's because it, you can't yeah. control your urges. You, you are the problem. Uh, sir, ma'am, yeah. you, they, them, you are the problem. Yeah, so. if you blame other people for your own uh, shortcomings, like, no. But yeah, for him to say, for him to blame it on PTSD and I feel um, really insults other veterans because he, he is a veteran, right? And I don't know if they're, they're insinuating it is because of his PTSD through the military. I don't know. I couldn't find anything on that or PTSD there, through, through work. But In the, in the article... Um, through Texas Monthly, the defense is really harping on that. And they actually go as far as to blame the VA for not supplying oh, right. the proper care that's right. uh, to him. Yeah, so uh, here, see, I can bring that quote up for you. That right there, like you're already insulting other millions of veterans that have PTSD. Like, no, 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 no. These, sure, it is debilitating. And you can, there is not one medication you can give someone with PTSD to fix it all, right? It's a lifelong issue that you have to work towards daily. But I think it's wildly insulting that they would try and cover it up with this. Like, no, that's not at all what it is. Our, uh, our DA, actually, there's a quote that, uh, it looks like we both agree with our DA on this quote. Um, our, our DA is Isidro Alanis, for those who are not familiar with Laredo. Mm -hmm. um, 
but he actually addresses the rumors about the emotional problems that he was having. And the DA stated this, I've heard all the talk about Ortiz's PTSD, but the evidence shows that Ortiz was a calculating killer. He was a self-appointed vigilante, the judge, jury, and executioner of defenseless women. He wanted those women to die. So this man who's reviewed the case, who's looked at the evidence, who's heard the testimonies, he's stating that, no, this man, there's by any means, it's not just his emotional problems. There is more behind his actions. Mm -hmm. So as this case goes on, we may see more evidence that actually indicates that. But let me look for that other quote where the defense attorney actually states that, oh, this is because of, oh, here it is. Because of the VA. Correct. I, I love this article. This is actually, I, I like it because as far as a, you know, cheese may go, you actually get to hear a lot of, you know, the different sides of this story. This is, if y'all are looking for this again, this is a te Texas monthly article. Um, I think there's a way for us to actually go ahead and load the links of the articles that we looked into. So y'all can look further in as well. Because yeah, yeah. if you're like us, you like to do a little more research. Mm -hmm. And of course, our, uh, our way of giving you this information will get better over time. Again, we are quote unquote raw dogging this episode, but <laughs> let me go ahead and jump into this, uh, this quote before I go off on another ADHD tangent. Now, Laredo criminal defense attorney, Joy Tejas, this is his defense attorney, who was initially appointed to represent Ortiz, said that Ortiz told him that a VA doctor had diagnosed him with PTSD in February of 2018. Thea said that Ortiz also claimed that the drugs the VA doctor prescribed him had, quote unquote, messed him up. Ortiz even told Thea that when he was arrested in the parking garage, he had shouted, the VA did this to me. Oh, my like, God. I, I feel like at that point you're yelling, the VA did this to me. Um, What? Yeah. Like, I, is that like your, your escape plan? Is that your like, you know, break glass in case of emergency? Like, what? Yeah, no, it's like, chill out, Norman Bates. No one did this to you, okay? Fucking... Okay, so he was diagnosed with PTSD in February 2018. These murders happened September 2018. So, and then it's interesting that you say he was prescribed medication for it because there's actually not medication they can give you for PTSD. They can give you medication for depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, but they cannot get... There's no medication out there for PTSD. In fact, um, so PTSD is a, is a disability, right? Whether it's through the VA through the, or through the state, um, you will get the highest percentage of disability. Like they'll pay you to not work because it is the only ailment that has no cure, no treatment plan really, other than counseling. So for him to be like, oh, the VA did this. No, I fucking didn't, dude. And what there, he's lying in some aspect because they can't give you meds for PTSD. They can give you for other symptoms. So for all we know, dude could have been schizophrenic. Yeah. And and again, we're not by any means undermining the diagnosis of PTSD. Yeah. By any means. Yeah. I'm not um, I'm not a psychologist. I cannot correct. Yeah. But uh and, this, and the diagnosis itself is still fairly new and it's still I honestly, if you look at the history of when it was actually recognized mm -hmm. as a diagnosis this happened in if i'm not mistaken um 80s early 90s that it was actually recognized truly so there's still a lot that is undiscovered unknown there's there's still a lot of very experimental treatments for ptsd um 
but given the evidence of this case mm-hmm. and what has been provided as far as information goes, all in all, most people that review this or have had the chance to look at this, look at over uh, from a professional perspective, they feel that this is not that. Again, this is still undergoing, you know, this is still in trial. He's still sitting in jail uh, with, you know, a $2.5 million bond. Again, it's not all the way done yet, but yeah, again. It's not he's, not, he's not actually convicted of anything yet. I'm going to emphasize yet because it looks like it's heading that way according to all yeah. these articles, right, that we've been referencing. So it's... So sad, man. So sad. And we decided on this case because one, it's where we're from. It happened in the city we grew up in, which is not very big. Border town. um, Lots of uh, trade going on through here. Um, But it's just, it's also, it's, it's also Pride Month. And so I'm trying to figure out how to word this without sounding any kind of way. Um, one of these victims is transgender. I'm not going to put spotlight which one, but uh, it's just, it, it was really fitting for that reason. This would be the first case we cover since it is June. It is Pride Month. And uh, unfortunately, one of these women um, identified, you know, as I, I think we can actually let, let you know listeners know that as far as which victim it was, I, I think it actually does a lot to help memorialize and mourn for her. Um, so, well, if you're, again, if you're okay with it, I'll, I mean, I'm okay I'm with it. I, just, I didn't. Okay, cool. I don't. I didn't want to do something you weren't okay with. Okay, so no, I'm fine with it. Um, but we're not going to do because you did remind me. We're not going to mention um, their birth name. Their birth name. We're going to go with their preferred name, and their preferred name is Janelle. Enriquez Ortiz. She's 28 and she was actually victim number four, the last victim that they know about because um, like we said earlier, there could be more victims that they don't know about. They're not sure yet. So, you know, really uh, sad. It it is. And again, this is, a lot of this is still uh, undergoing investigation. Uh, There's still a lot that is to be uh, looked into later. So we are going to be addressing this again at a later date. Um, But before I think we wrap this up too, we did want to go ahead and um, have a moment of silence for all the victims. We're going to go ahead and list out their names for you guys. And we'll just have a brief pause. Belle, if you want to go ahead and read that that list out really quick. So we're going to start with Melissa Ramirez. She's 29 years old. Victim number two was Claudine Ann Luera. She was 42 years old. Victim number three was Giselda Hernandez Cantu. And victim number four was Janelle Ortiz. All right. And so we also want to give a, a good, uh, also some thoughts and prayers out to those or to the victim who survived this. Yeah, um, Erica Benya. So she was 26 when this happened in 2018. So these are all, these are all young women that had their lives snatched away from them minus minus Erica Benya who got away um and honestly if not for her who knows how many more victims there would have been because even after she got away from him two more women died so uh, Erica Benya thank you so much girl for 
having that strength and that courage to run to this trooper and and basically save other women in the process. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. He may have taken that. Can you imagine two- like the balls it took to just one fight off your attacker? Yeah. Because he was he was a big dude. He weighed two hundred and thirty pounds. You know. Yeah. He, he, so, was a, he was a big guy. Yeah, big dude. She fought him off, ran topless, and didn't give a fuck. Was just like, I need help, my. Boy. So yeah. good on her. Congratulations to her, honestly, and God bless her. She's she uh, she a hero on in my in my eyes for that for sure. actually doing that. Yeah. So. She saved her own life and. Who knows how many other lives of these women that just are hardworking women. I don't care what you say about sex work. Like, these women were just trying to make money. And if you're going to shame anyone, shame the people that are not regulating it. And shame the people that are actually buying from them, you know? It's, I don't know. I wouldn't even say shame the ones that are buying for it, but maybe shame the ones who are hurting these women. You know what? Then- yes. Uh, let me recant that statement because it's going to be misconstrued. I don't, I don't mean, I mean it, I mean it in the sense, you know, these women aren't doing anything wrong. These women are not doing anything different than the people on Pornhub that you all frequent all the fucking yeah. time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's all go through y'all's browser's history. Yeah. Let's, let's check that out for a little bit. <laughs> So we'll go ahead and wrap. go ahead and take that yeah. moment of silence really quick before we wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, honestly, these families are probably still hurting. Um, so. We wish you all the best if any of y'all are listening and we will revisit this case. If anything we said was wrong, we will fix that. Um, to my knowledge, nothing we said was incorrect, um, but we will revisit it once the case has actually hit trial. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once everything has been done, a conviction has been, you know, he's been sentenced and it's been, you know, it's actually over with um, once more details are public uh, will by all means come back to this and give you a little more information so until then this is what we've been able to find and we'll go ahead and provide links for the articles so y'all can go ahead and take a closer look yeah Yeah. so that's episode one in the books yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) so thank you guys till next time i'm gene i'm bell And we'll see you all next time.